I feel weird. Everybody does. Welcome to the podcast where old friends get together to bear their souls. Laugh so hard they almost pee themselves. And talk about all the stuff that makes life worth living. And some things that don't. It's, it's let's, let's get, get a, a drink, drink sometime. sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. Enough. What's Enough. wrong? <laughs> you know what's funny is that you didn't even give me the plug you're like let's do another intro and then as soon as you go this time, I'm like he pushed record I know it I know what's going on here <laughs> yeah. that's, how, yeah. that's, that's how we do it uh huh that's right have you been on Instagram today mm, uh no should I have been yeah what am I looking for I don't know are we going to my like our Instagram or yours. Uh, no, you be... know what? I did. I saw it on Facebook, and I I commented there. Oh, uh, okay. You are the best. That is like the sweetest thing ever. You're so... such a lovely overmush. <laughs> I fucking can't take it. You speak to my soul. Oh so, man, for, it just appeals interested... to the sap. I just love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're such a good friend. So, well, you are too. So, f- for the listening audience, um, we do have Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. And today was the anniversary. I, I, it's, it's sad that we shouldn't say anniversary because we shouldn't celebrate it because it's like, no, we need to see each other more. It's been seven yeah. years ago today. Mm-hmm. Since Angela, my dear friend and co-host, mm-hmm. we've se- we we've, we've seen each other. Yep, so long. Yeah, so I decided to get all sappy and put up a post on Instagram and guys and like, the feels. Yeah, so many good feels, and it's like I think, and I mean this, I'm not trying to like, I'm not stereotyping, and I'm not like I'm I'm being dead serious. Like you want to be written about in that way or have been spoken to in that way. And then I saw that and I was like, someone's speaking to me in this way. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so loved. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. All right. Uh, What are you drinking? Da da da. I am drinking a stow. Um, nice. I was. Look, there's been a long, a few hours here where I've been drinking. I had to take a long nap. <laughs> okay. Reset. <laughs> um, um, I am getting into the routine with my boyfriend of cooking for the week because we're trying to be super healthy and um, make conscious yeah. decisions together. And so, like, I've never done this with someone before. I'm breaking new ground in a relationship to have actually have a partner in life. It's amazing. Um... So, but anyway, um, that involved, you know, doing it while drinking. And there's this white wine, which is not in front of you, but it's called Josh. And, um, mm, my mom drinks that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that came out wrong. It's um, a Chardonnay, if I yeah. may say myself. And it is, it is, you know, your mom's cool. And my mom uh, is very cool. She's so cool, cool enough to drink that wine. Like that is a good wine. It's it's a it's a it's a solid wine. I, it's I, I, solid. We shared a, we shared a bottle when we were living with her during the the building of the house. It's solid, and yeah. I I ended up having like three Angela's size glasses, which was like two normal glasses. And at some point, I was like, "You need to take this away from me because I will not be standing and I will not be able to record if you do not take this away from me right now." <laughs> And then I took oh a 15 goodness. minute nap <laughs> and it was awesome. You're, I felt good for a long time. Mm-hmm. You're one of those people. You can take like these really short, like power naps or whatever. Okay. If you know me and you know me like in like an everyday sense, you're going to, you, you mm. would be someone that's like, you're going to take your 12 minute now. I have a 12 minute nap. <laughs> I start to finish. I wake up and I pop up and I'm like ready to life. Here I wow. am. Yep. 12 minutes it, is all I need. It would if, if, if I tried to lay down for a 12, 15-minute nap, it'd take me 12 or 15 minutes just to go to bed. No, 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 no. I am infamous <sighs> at this. If you say, like, I, I, I fall out like that, I do. Uh, I wish I could do that. That's awesome. 
It is, like, one of my best qualities. Like, if I want to go to sleep, <laughs> I will sleep anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't matter how loud the noise is, how many people are present, what's going on. If I'm ready, I'm ready. That's it. I'm going down. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Tonight, I am drinking. Yes, what are you drinking? This is actually, it was uh, my my pops, my father. Yeah. My, uh... I'm trying to think of other things to say, like Pop's father, Vader, Padre, Padre. Um, he sent me a text the other day with a, a picture on it, the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Is this? It's from Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Lexington Brewing and Distilling Co. Mm-hmm. I've seen it for many years in like grocery stores and at, at bottle shops and stuff like that, and never really picked it up but he he's um he he's he's good with beers he doesn't uh, it's usually me saying hey try this are you um, good with bourbon you like whiskey don't you yeah but yeah. bourbon is a specific kind of whiskey right right yeah i do know that i don't know much but i know that yeah um i mean i don't i don't know all the well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but, but my, you had said bourbon when you... I was just picking up if it wasn't beer, yeah. it was a whiskey kind of thing. Um, well, this it's a beer, but it was aged in bourbon barrels. Right. So right. it's it kind of has a, a medium-bodied sort of kind of slight smoky sweet flavor. I was going to say, can you smell it? Um, no, you can't smell the bourbon. It still smells like beer. Okay. Um... But it just has a little bit rounder of a flavor. Okay, a flavor. Um, flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's 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 kind of a rare day when my dad's like, "Hey, I have this beer you haven't had," because usually, like I said, it's me going, "Hey, try this." Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, thanks to my pops for uh, sharing the beer news. Go, Mister <clears throat> Deeds. Indeed. All right, so this is part two part two. of. Part D mm-hmm. of the COVID anniversary, it I think, is. last time. It was such a fun time. We were like, we need to do this. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Because <laughs> yeah. it's been such a fucking fun time. <laughs> Although, I will I will say this. I think, I, think we, I, I think I talked about this outside of the recording button. Um, COVID, our, our COVID episodes, because this is like the fourth one we've done i don't know um we're usually we're usually pretty serious um but we're kind of i mean well i think august so that was 10th the sorry august i think that was the second that one wasn't as serious um yeah it depends you know it's funny because we've also filmed a covid episode that never aired because we didn't love it that much right um and that was very serious, and then we did it again, and it was less serious, and I think it has a lot to do with, you know, obviously the state of mind, but the yeah. travel and, like, the, the journey of the conversation, and, um, yeah, this is sort of, for the first time, hitting it both, like, we've got some serious yeah. points in there, we've got some some really playful notes, whereas it's sort of either wholly weighed in one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I just... I just... I think it's <clears throat> to me. It's almost like you know, we, we COVID. Not to tri- trivialize it by any means, it, it is still something serious that's going on. People are still dying. Hundred percent. But it is one of those things from a when when you're in the moment. You know, a year ago when all this started going down, everyone's you know running out to buy toilet paper and sanitizing everything they see and and everything they touch and it's it's such a everyone's freaked out and the more we find out about the disease the you know the less likely that we know that it spreads from surface to surface and just all just everything that we've learned and and it's also <clears throat> i think it's partly because we do have um you know the vaccines coming and people are getting vaccinated and where there seems to be like this light at the end of the tunnel and i think yep. it's it's very it's just it's it's nice to be able to talk about it mm-hmm. and then interject with fun stories 
You know, that's what I was kind of getting at when I brought Listen, this up. Listen, oh, totally. What I want to say, and I am not, again, like you said, there's I'm not downplaying this at all. This is yeah. a very, very serious situation, and we have lost so, so many loved ones, but it is not Ebola. And, right. Oh, um, gosh. That'd be, Ebola is like 80% or whatever, death rate? I mean, that's like, I mean... That is one serious virus right there, bacteria, right. bacteria virus. But what I'm saying is that when we first started this journey, like you couldn't find toilet paper, you couldn't find alcohol wipes, you couldn't find cotton, you didn't even know. You know, we didn't leave our houses; we were right indoors. And um, I'm not saying that we shouldn't still be indoors to some degree. Um, and I think you know when we're outdoors, we have to use a certain sort of protocol to not spread it to others and to not get it ourselves. Um, but thankfully, thank God, it's not Ebola, and um, you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You behave a certain way and you follow a certain sort of rules, and your your chances of getting this are drastically reduced. Science is like you know you don't spread disease by not. You know, by being sanitary, this is this is the way that this situation works and goes, and um, that's amazing because it's preventable. Yeah. It's a it's a hundred percent preventable if you you know you do the if best you, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, thank God that you know to all the naysayers, like it's the truth. Like you you behave and practice life in a certain way, and you can you can. You can get a pretty good quality of life out of it. We didn't know that initially. We know that now. And um, that doesn't mean that virality isn't it isn't powerful. It is. But, like, we're working through it day by day. Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, there is a hope, you know, at the, end of the, the, at the end of the tunnel. I mean, there are countries that did this differently, obviously. And... We're able to eradicate it, essentially, and we weren't one of those countries. So now, instead of, you know, absolutely, like, wading through some sort of isolation period, we are relying on vaccinations. And if that is what it is, then I guess that's the way it has to be. Um, right. we got to get there I, somehow. we got to get there somehow. Yep. And, you know, it looks like it's dropping. I, I hope that that's the case. I do. But, like, don't rest on your laurels, you know what I mean? Like, stick with it. This is yeah. not done yet. This isn't done yet. All right, so I think last time we had made it to, we'd finish up with June. Yeah. Um, so, July. July was, like, that month where we were, like, I swear we're responsible people. It doesn't look like that outwardly, but we actually are. <laughs> we're, like, totally law-abiding, bill-paying citizens of this country. Yeah. But you had sold your house, moved in with your mother, and yes. I had, and I know you can talk about the day and the day it's that, that. You should absolutely do that. Um, and I had ended my lease and not yet begun a new one and not known where I was going to live yet <laughs> in I remember, this country. I remember having very many conversations with you. You were, you were at one point, you were, because you were in Virginia, you were mm-hmm. going to go to L.A., and then you were gonna go to. My job was in uh, was in Los Angeles. Um, yeah. And I went back to them and I said, "You guys are soaking in COVID. I'm a single mom. <laughs> yeah. I can't send kids to school. What should I do here?" And they were like, "Do not come. Don't come." And I was like, "Okay. Right. If I'm not coming to LA, then am where I am I going?" Yep. And my and sister then... was like. You don't have a plan. We don't know where you're sleeping in two weeks. Come here. I'll give you a month. And I was like, okay, right. so now it's become not two weeks, but six weeks. Okay. And then and we and started to like just embrace the, the term of impermanence. We had no idea. Yeah. And then, so how did, so you, you ultimately moved to Connecticut mm-hmm. and I, I know you have, you have some family up there, but like. It's, I'm not it's, living near my family. Yeah. So I um where they live is sort of central Connecticut and as much as I wanted to be close to them, it was all there was no leases, there was no rentals. Uh, and we had just done the apartment thing and there wasn't that many apartments 
And I realized really quickly that I was going to have to buy a house to live close to them, which Mm. is not an option or wasn't an option then. And then we, you know, the kids and I are coming from Sydney, Australia, where we had the sea or the ocean at, you know, our disposal anytime. And I desperately, like, I'd go to sleep at night. I'd be getting the groceries during the day. I'd be walking. I'd be teaching them whatever it was. And this vision of the beach and the sea just, like, would pop up in my head. And I was like, I need the sea. I need the ocean. And I started to look on the shoreline of Connecticut and realized there was this term called academic rental, which basically meant nine months, you know, as, as, um, as college, you know, runs. And I asked my, my aunt, I was like, what is this? And she's like, well, it's just less than a year. And I was like, that's exactly what we need. Cause I don't know anything about shoreline towns or where we wanted to be. And my dad, I sort of, you know, this is like, I'm 39 years old at this point asking my dad to co-sign on a lease for me, which was not what I wanted to be doing, but I didn't have <laughs> rental history because I had been away in Australia for five years right. and um, certainly didn't have employment history because I had been employed in Australia for five years. And I kind of felt like I was, um, I was not my age. I was not acting my age. And, um, I started to appeal to people like, oh, you have a place to rent? Okay. And I'd apply and I'd lose it and I'd lose it again and again and again and again. Mm. I lost, I think, four of them. And I got to the point where I was like, Dad, there's this one place I'm going to try another one time. And if I don't get it, I mean it. I need your help because I'm not going to have a place to live. Right. And he said, try this one time. And so I went to the real estate agent. I didn't apply first because, you know, I knew what that looked like. So I I called her and I said, this is my situation. It's not that I have bad credit. It's that I have inactive credit. It's not that I don't have a job. I do have a job. It's just new. Um, I said, I, I need a place, you know, to stay. And I want to be, you know, along the shoreline. And she said, there's someone else interested in it that's put in an application. But they've talked to the owner let I think it would only be fair if that owner also spoke to you so she could make her choice. She said, let me see if she'll get on the phone with you. And I said, mm. that would be great. Okay. So she got on the phone with her and the owner, as fair and beautiful as she is, God bless her soul, was like, okay, I'll get on the phone with her. Her name is Trudy. My landlord is Trudy. Um, <laughs> so long and short of it, she got on the phone with me. She asked me some questions and she said to me, you know what? I understand you're in a situation and you need a little help and I'm going to take a chance on you. And that was the beginning of a beautiful life. Um, I Westbrook, Connecticut was a dot on the map and now it is my home. And I am so, so, so thankful for that woman to, that she gave, gave me a chance. It is, um, I'm a little teary. I will never forget what she's done for me ever. That's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Super awesome. Mm-hmm. We need more Trudies in our life. There should be no tr- more Trudies in this world. 100%. Let's see. Yep. So anyway, let me dry my tears. <laughs> um, okay, Sam D. So tell me about how it was living with your mother and your family of four and your poor son sleeping on a couch every day. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it was it was fine. You know, in the moment, it was kind of stressful, and um, it it was it was interesting moving back to my high school bedroom. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was it was it was fine. We don't have enough time for me to go into all the details, um, but it was it was only slightly stressful, and um, you know, the COVID thing was was even more stressful because my mom is she's older she's 60 and she's in her 60s and I have a sister who is mentally disabled and not very healthy herself and so you know with Amy and I who are still out and about you know it was you know you're still working you had to work yeah yeah and I didn't really it it was just difficult because I you know I was back home and I've always felt comfortable at home and uh but, you know, you couldn't hug your mom. You couldn't hug your sister. You know, you don't know at any point if you're going to bring home something. And this, again, this is July. We, st- we still are learning what this disease is. And there are still people just dying, just, you know, 
literally there there one uh, somebody's uh, wife's grandmother at Amy's work got it. It was like they got it on a Wednesday, and by Friday she was dead. You know, wow. so yeah. you hear you hear all these stories, and you're just like, oh, am I about to kill my mother? Um, but you know, we we did what we had to do, and um, overall, I think it was a good time, and and uh, it, it 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 was a it was a good stepping stone for for us to get into the house. Yep. So, and that that rolled into August, and. All I remember about, like, August was our boys constantly <laughs> playing together. And when they weren't playing together, they were asking to play together. Yeah. And it was it was adorable. So, so cute. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm glad they started playing again. Yeah. Oh, they've had such a good two days. Yeah. They've been playing really, really well together. That's awesome. One day, I don't know how you want to play it. Here's a little bit of a waffle. But you and I can plan so that we're coming down and you're coming up and not tell them? Or do you want to make them tell them and make them have the anticipation? How do you want to play oh, um, I think it'd be really hard for either, because it's not like we live an hour and a half away. Right. I think it would be really hard for us to like, like, oh, hey man, we're going to go on a plane for four hours. Oh, I 100%. We, I can do it. And it you know, it's like, where are we, where are we going? I'm not going to tell you. Like, he would bug the shit out of me. Where are we going? I'm not going to tell you. And he'd give me pouty faces and, uh, and he'd get mad at me. And, you know, it, it wouldn't work for on my end. I'd, I'd be like, all right, dude, look, we're going. To I can night. have Easton not know to the second he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can do that. It will not be easy, but I can do it. I can definitely do it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like they would play. I mean, this led all the way through until August. They would play, like, as long as they could. And, like, a lot of the day, I was yeah. working because I had started my job. Um, and, you know, Mira was... Uh, this is when we moved into my sister's house. So both of us were sort of, like, sitting on, like, <laughs> floors to record this thing in the evenings every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> it's a little bit of an adventure. Um, I was, I was, I remember I was always filming, they had this great basement, but I was always filming in their pool room. So like, I'd look at all this like really nice shit the entire time. I'd be like, I have mm. nothing. <laughs> all my stuff's in storage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like mooching off of my sister that's like six years younger than me. Like, <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, um, they would play each day. We would work all day. You know, um, it was just sort of like all hands on deck. Like, your kids are a little bit older, but my my sister has smaller children, and so it was like me, my sister, and Carl, and we just like did the thing. With, you know, four kids ranging mm-hmm. from less than a year old to, like, ten. And, like, did it. You know, whether we were sleeping, um, at, you know, starting to sleep at 2 a.m. in the morning or whatever it was. We just kept pedaling and going forward. And um, I think I'll always be fond of that time. You know, I didn't see myself being in that situation. But having that time with yeah. my sister... Um, you know, she did a lot of really nice things for me. I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget that. It's not easy to accept someone in your home, especially when everyone's home anyway. <laughs> just yeah. absolutely does not make it easy. But we did it. I mean, um, it's, it's, yeah, I can say the same thing about living with my mother again. Because, mm-hmm. the, you know, I'm, I'm 37. I'm going to be 38 this year. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> I, you know, I moved out originally. When did I move out of my, my mom? 20. 21 22 mm-hmm. somewhere around there and you're just a different person yeah you know, six, 16 years ago and and so the the conversations that my mom and i would get into because my mom at the at the time they were implementing this new software at work and so she we, we would get home and she'd literally like come out and have dinner with us and then she was working probably 80 hours a week Wow. It, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. She would come out and have dinner with us and be like, oh, okay, I got to go back. And she would go back because her, my old bedroom is her computer room. And when we moved back in, we moved her computer into her bedroom. 
And so she was she was in her bedroom like I mean there were some days she was in her bedroom like 22 hours of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, she you know when she got finished up, I'm 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 kind of a late night person, and uh, I'd still be awake and we'd sit down on the couch and watch NCIS or you know whatever old people watch, and um, <laughs> and but we we would we would talk about just things and stuff in the world and um it's just interesting you know yeah. as, an, as an adult you look at your parents very differently which oh, is no yeah. surprise to any any adult but sure um it's sure. nice to be it's nice to kind of it, yeah it is you you look back at the time fondly it, it was nice to go back home even though it was slightly stressful with six people in a three-bedroom house um but it, yeah, it was nice. It was fun, and and yeah, fond memories. You look back, and there's fond memories. Absolutely, absolutely. It's exceptional, you know, to be able. You wouldn't normally like have yourself in these circumstances, and like think about all the people in America that are like, or even the world that are trying yeah. to, like, just find people to be around and like work something out to find a way to work this out. Like it has not been easy. It has been so, so hard. And the only thing that gets us through it is to do it with other people. And um, yeah. you and I are both living examples of that. Yeah. And what was also interesting for us. So <clears throat> my mom lives outside of our County. The where so, um, when school started up again, we really lucked out. Um, Barrow County, the, the county we live in, in Georgia, it's, it's weird. It's, you know, I don't want to say redneck or whatever. It's a little, Barrow County is, is a little, it's Southern County, Georgia, you know, mm-hmm. you can make a lot of assumptions on the people who live here and 95% of them will be correct. And, <laughs> um, um, but the school system, it, I, I'm very impressed with the school system. And they actually, it, w- it was like two weeks before schools were supposed to start. And what I didn't realize is <clears throat> um, Georgia, I've always noticed we've, we've started early. Um, Georgia is literally the earliest starting school system in the country. What time do you start at? We, we uh, August 1st. Oh, oh. Yeah, and and oh so, God. well, so we started becoming national news because again, you know, they shut down the schools um, back in April or whenever, mm-hmm. and and so when when August came around, when school time was coming back around, I mean, I remember getting in my truck driving to work on NPR. They're talking about Georgia. It's like what you know, like we're never on it. We're never you know unless it's something crazy like the election but the what what the country was looking at georgia for was schools how are they going to do it how are they going to do this and we were like the guinea pig because we started first yeah well barrow county the county we lived in they decided to delay for two weeks Mm -hmm. and amy and i were like what's that gonna do (laughs) right you know like two weeks like what's the point of that and it wasn't until literally three days into the school system. So Cherokee County, which is a county kind of north uh, west of Atlanta. Yep. Um, three days, they had like 14 cases or some crap like that. Mm-hmm. You know, just because that's what everyone was worried about. All the kids going back to school and just, you know. This massive spreading. explosion. Yeah. Infection. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so... Three days into the school the school year, again Barrow delayed two weeks, and Barrow sends out a message: um, "We're gonna go fully virtual." And so what 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 they did was, is they they saw the situation, said, "Okay, let's delay it two weeks." They didn't delay it two weeks so that COVID could get out of the system or anything. They delayed it to see what other school systems would do in the state of Georgia. And what was mm-hmm. going to happen? As soon as cases started popping up, Barrow County goes, "We're going full virtual." And you know what they had? They had two weeks to figure that out. Mm-hmm. All the other co- counties had less than a day. Wow! And it's like, oh crap, 
we actually live in a smart county. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the kids were fully virtual for a little bit. I, can't, I don't, I don't even remember when they actually started. Um, but for a while there, we were still living at my mom's in a different county, and it is about a half hour drive, which for most people, especially anyone living in Atlanta, um, Atlanta is very used to hour and a half drives into work, um, depending on where you live, even two hours. I am not used to that. Um, <laughs> but I would wake up and I would, I would drive a half hour into Statham and drop the kids off and then drive a half hour to work from there and uh, do the same thing at night. So mm-hmm. anyway, August, what was your August like? You're living with your sister. August for no, I don't know, there's no term other than shit show. I was still with my sister for a half of it, maybe even three weeks of it, but it was sort of the same as July. Like, you know, just this like major cooperation between two families coming together. And, yeah. um, but you know, I got the lease, signed the lease and had this sort of idea of why this would work. Um, not just because of the sea and because of like the proximity to family. And when I say family, I'm not just talking about my family. You know, I'm talking about Matt's family as well. My, my ex-husband, um, mm-hmm. I wanted the kids to be able to see his side of the family too. So, um, you know, it's, it was sort of like, a mad mix of all of it, but I also moved to Connecticut because they were going to school and I was comfortable because, um, Connecticut was under 1% at the time. Um, so I felt, you know, as safe as I possibly could sending them to school in person, um, kind of getting a better understanding of what their plan was, which was to keep them in school. They were going to keep them in school no matter what. And I was like, initially I was like, how are you going to do that and keep them safe? But they just had this really great plan of cohorts. It really Hmm. sort of um, made small schools even smaller than that by putting them in cohorts. And when someone got sick, that whole team went out. And and they didn't come in until two weeks later, and that person was well. And it it looked like such a great system. And I had, like, my mom's best friend, My um, she openly criticized me and said, you're putting your kids at risk. And I was like, listen, I'm losing my son to mental health problems. Um, right. And, like, I like we've been tested more times than I can count. Like, we, I take this so, so seriously, but I also wanted them to go to school because uh, I was not in a comfortable space with, with Easton. You know, he, he was really suffering. And I, I needed them to also go to school because, like, Virginia wasn't going to school for the whole year. They just got back this past week. So that's been a Holy whole crap. year out of school. Yep, they just started last week. And I, I can't physically do it. Like, mentally, physically, as a single mom, I just didn't know how to make it happen. And, you know, having to work and do it. And trust me, like, they've been out of school just as much as they've been in. Um, but it, right. it has worked out. Um, they started. They did not. Um, they were in school consistently well through the fall and then took about two months out. Um, and that was because I kept them out because I was nervous. I was always going to keep them out for the Thanksgiving and Christmas thing. Cause I was nervous about that, but these schools here, like I cannot say enough good things and we'll, we'll get into it, um, as we go further down the months. But so my transition in August looked like this, um, Suddenly, Virginia was on the travel ban in the state of Connecticut. So for me to enter the state of Connecticut, I had to quarantine for two weeks once I got here. Okay, so suddenly I couldn't be, what the plan was to go to my aunt's house. But I couldn't go there because I couldn't be around people. So the plan changed. So I ended up spending a week in a long stay with my kids. That is one room, two virtual students. One full-time working parent, and I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna be completely honest. There's not, and I I mean this wholeheartedly, and I I know I'm not alone in this, but I have never felt like I was gonna lose it like that, like that. I was interviewing for my second contract because my other job wasn't totally full-time. I had about a hundred, sorry, I had about ten more hours to fill, so I I was interviewing in the hotel halls to get that position fulfilling my job responsibilities 
um, which would take me into three or four o'clock in the morning because I was still having to figure out virtual scenarios with these kids. They couldn't be in the same spot because they couldn't hear um, each other's, they could too, hear too much of each other. So I had to oh, put right. one in the bathroom, one <laughs> on the other side, which is not that far of the hotel room. And we stayed there for a week and I cried and cried and cried. I have ne I, I mean this, like there was points where I was like, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Sort of out of a, out of a plea for desperation, I called my former husband's uh, mother and father. So my in-laws and I, you know, I was like, I have your grandkids. I am in trouble. Please take us for a week because I could still travel to New York. Right. So after a week, we got all of our things back in the car and that car was so stuffed that I couldn't see out of the passenger side window, but that's fine. We won't talk about that. And I drove <laughs> to New York for a week and stayed with them. And that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship with my in-laws because, I mean, we've always had a pretty good relationship. So there's been some ups and downs, but I had to show my vulnerability and how sad right. it was about like what the state of my life had turned into. And it was raw and it was, it was sad and it was honest. And they were just like, you know, that's, their son is their son and they love their son and, and you know, they'll always support their son and, and that's not going to change, but they love their grandkids. So they love right. me and they just opened their arms and held me tight while I sobbed <laughs> again and again and again, because my mental health was not good. It was not good. I was right. on edge and I was coming from a big house with my sister and all of her help to me doing this alone once again. And you know, it was really tough, really, really, really tough. Um, so yeah, they had us for a week and showed us such a good time and had such generosity and hospitality and then sent us back on our way to Connecticut. And the first uh, week in September was, um, me returning to my aunt's house. And that was the good life. <laughs> Uh, that's when, you know, I got dinner made for me every day and, and help and like, you know, mental health support. I had the best conversations of my life. Um, you know, I had someone truly and wholly there for me. That's my aunt and my cousins and my cousin's kids. And, um, that's when I finally started to feel better. Um, and that, that was good. That was needed. That was, I'll probably have those days, you know, between my in-laws and my aunts and like my whole, my whole family, like I'll probably hold those days dear to my heart for the rest of my life because it's exactly what I needed. I, I it propelled me and, you know, parlayed me into having a successful life. If I didn't have that time, I'd be a basket case today. Um, I was, you know, holding on very, very, very thin thread. And, uh, because of, because of Matt's parents and because of, um, because of my mom's family, um, you know, we got, we got, we, we made You're it. Good. Yeah. 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 My, my September, uh, was very much like, uh, my August. <laughs> it was, it was a lot of just waiting for a house to be built. Yeah. So when, when we sold our house, they said that the house was going to be done at the end of July. And we asked them if they could push it back a month. I remember us. having this conversation yeah. with you. Where I was like, what date are they telling you? And I said that you said whatever. And I was like, all right, well, put it four weeks past. And you said, to me, do not say that. Do not say that. And I was like, kind of joking, but really seriously. But I yeah. wasn't allowed to joke about it. Well, so they told us at the end of July. And we asked them to do the end of August because we, 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 were, we were worried about selling our house. Mm-hmm. We sold our house really quick. We sold our house in about two weeks. And and then, so the end of July passed, and then the end of August passed, and they're like, oh, we have to push it back. Okay, how much do you have to push it back? A month. What? Like, you were going to finish in, in August, the end of August, and now you're talking about the end of September. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the end of September came, and I know I'm kind of glazing over September, but that's what happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it wasn't, it was the first, it was a week at, it was a week into October. We finally closed another house. So we were supposed to live with my mom for a month mm-hmm. and we lived there for three months. <laughs> so my August was, you know, August, and September, it was all the same. It was all getting the kids to school, working, coming home. You know, didn't see my mom because of, of her work stuff and then talking to her late at night and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. sleeping on couches and <laughs> whatever, you know, yeah. so that, that was my September and, and into August. I mean, you and I October, both, like, sorry. I moved into this house um, at the end of September, the 28th, and you moved in at the beginning of yeah. October, and we were both like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> life is I, coming around. <laughs> I still I still remember, there's actually, it's funny, um, there are two episodes that we I have not published yet of the <laughs> podcast. Mm-hmm. And and one of them is is titled uh, "It's Raining in Lawrenceville," and it's I don't even know if we had like an actual uh, like topic. Mm-hmm. We just kind of sat down and we and it was a great conversation. I mean, we always have great conversations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I I I I bring it up every now and then on my computer to edit it because it's actually it's good and I want to do an episode of it, but. Um, I'm literally, and I think I mentioned this in earlier episodes, I'm literally, uh, sitting on a cooler in my mom's garage. Um, I'm echoey as shit. Like it's not the best sound quality, but you know what? It's like content over, uh, over quality. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, look forward to, uh, what, what, what would we call that? Like, um, uh, special, uh, past episodes yep. or uh, something. I don't know. Put <laughs> we'll this come up. second. Put this one out, and then put Rainy and Lawrenceville out. We can like do the, the live comparison. That's yeah, so we'll, funny. We'll have to come up with a of a, a a term to describe the 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 lost episodes of Let's Gonna Drink Sometime. Yeah. So that that was that was my uh, that was a September October. October, so you, you moved into your house. I did. I remember, I, I, before we got into town and, um, I drove us, it was like the day before we moved in, I, I drove over and just walked to the backyard and I know I've said this before and it never gets old. My backyard is the sea. It's the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you only have, you know, maybe 10 feet of a break wall. And then it's depending on the tide, anywhere from five to 30 feet. I'm, and I was I'm like, literally looking at fuck. a Google satellite image of your house right now. Yeah. Because I was curious because I went to Westbrook, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I can find her house. Just I'm being curious. And I couldn't find it. So I went back and I got your address. And so, are you, are there garages up there on the side of the street? What is that building in the front of the driveway? That's the garage. Okay. Yeah. As someone who lives in Georgia, the landscape of these buildings is really weird. Well, look, I mean, this is this house has a double lot, and a lot of um, these places that garage is actually another house. But in this case, this house was an old, old hotel. So every room, I, I live in a four bedroom house with six bathrooms. Um, <laughs> every, every, every room has a bathroom. And um, so, yeah, it was an old hotel. It was sort of like a Miss Maisel situation. The Jewish community would come up in the early 1900s and, um, you know, from New York City and, and have a weekend away and do, like, outdoor exercises and lay on the beach and all of the things. Um, so, yeah, um, that garage is an add-on that came later. Um, okay. But a lot of these places, as they've developed and changed and evolved over the years, they have put a home on that lot. Um, but in this okay. case, this house has not. It's I think it's the only one that has a has a garage there. Yeah. Okay. I was. But this was... house is it, like just before we started this episode, Sam and I were, were talking about the wind. I am on the beach. Yeah. And 
like when the wind gets going, it is it is frightening. I remember I was taking a walk when I first moved here, and I said to this woman, um, I said to this woman, she was chopping down some flowers and weeding, and she was like, oh, we're going back to our other house, like, in, you know, central Connecticut. And I said, why don't you stay here year-round? She goes, because of the storms. And I was like, oh. what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> but, you know, it, she's she was not wrong. Um, it is, I have had to go inland once or twice. It is um, frightening when the wind gets going. The rain and the snow are kind of fine, um, even if a window leaks a little bit. Um, but the wind the wind right on the beach when you're this close they don't typically build homes this you're on the beach this yeah. this structure is on sand this, is embedded this is, in sand yeah this is not i mean i'm not going to tell you i'm not going to dox you and put your address out there but you're you're literally like when you when you look at um, real estate in florida or where wherever mm-hmm. like when they build houses uh, there's still a walk there's still like Imagine anyone who's been to Florida, I'm saying Florida because I live in Georgia, and like imagine literally going to Daytona or Destin and mm-hmm. literally like high tide is 20 feet from your, your back door. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it is. And that, that's, it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there's been moments where there's been storms and I mean, they have flood walks out here so you can see like, you know, how many feet or inches or whatever. We have not had that and I'm very thankful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, um, like you, if these houses were going to be built again, they wouldn't build them this close to the beach. I mean, I'm on it. I'm as close as you can get. And um, you know what? There's flip side, though. If you walk out and you are losing your mind. All you need is a dose of mental health, and that is at my right. back. That's all I need to do is <laughs> I'm right there. Outside. <laughs> I just walk right outside, and sometimes it's been, you know, a lot of the times it's it's happiness. A lot of the, some other times it's been tears and you know appeal to the gods, like help me here. I'm having a hard time, and that was October. Like, well, that's not actually true. October was blissful. Like we had pretty fair weather all the way through. October, um, and we were out on the beach, you know, yeah. almost until Halloween. And I mean, it, I'll remember those weeks like, you know, that was the good life forever, forever. You know, like it was just my kids didn't come home and play their iPad. They were out. They like dropped their, awesome. their, um, yep. They dropped their bags. I gave them a snack. We'd walk outside. We'd walk around. There's like a little Island really close by and we would walk to that, you know, at low tide, we'd swim, we'd do beach walks. It was amazing. And it was exactly what we needed. We, we needed it. And, um, you know, the universe provided. And for that, I'm very, very thankful. It didn't last forever, but you know, (laughs) what I did, what I did think of it when I was sort of, I haven't thought about this in a while, but this was the idea was that if it was all going to crumble and there was going to be COVID everywhere and disease and virus and sickness, there was going to be a empty beach town in an, um, in a seasonal beach house and right. I was in it off season and I could walk outside and I could be outside and it would be safe <laughs> and we could look at the ocean and or the sea, the sound. And I just thought that's that's going to be OK. We'll, we'll yeah. wait through it. We'll wait through it. Yeah. Our October. So we, we finally got into our house and that was an ordeal just because moving is an ordeal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's. <clears throat> We literally moved uh, about three quarters of a mile door to door from our old house, and it was such a jarring experience because we we lived at our old house, then we moved a half hour away, and then we moved back because of the timing of selling the house and building the house. So we we had this sense of loss from our our town. We love our town. Mm-hmm. And we had this sense of loss when we moved, and then we moved back, and it, it's it, it's like almost discombobulating. It's it's yeah. really it's a really odd, you know, you, you just you get you you get used to driving on different roads really quickly, and then you come back, and it's almost like everything's a dream, but. Um, 
we moved into our, our new house. Uh, we maybe dumbly still had our annual Halloween party. Um, COVID was still a, a pretty big deal. Um, but we're, 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 we're friends with, you know, most of our friends are, are on top of things. And so we, we, we decided in the moment just with all the COVID stuff and, you know, the stress of living with my mother, not that it was bad stress, mom, if you're listening to this, um, uh, we decided, oh, let's, let's go ahead and have the Halloween party. And it was the lowest turnout of all the years, which was probably a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, no one got sick. No one was sick. No one got sick as a result. And we have a really weird theme for next year. Um, and yeah, that was my October. There you go. I want to come to an ogre house in. You're One going day. to. You're going, going to come this year. I think so. So I was talking to um, the boyfriend, and I, I heard, um, you know, you had said last time, like, you're a blues player. You want to jam with him. And so I said, hey, you know, I have someone you can play with. He was like, okay. Um, <laughs> let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's go. I've um, never actually played with a trumpet player. Mm-hmm. Are they trumpet players or are they trumpetists? Trump, trumpeters. What what is what is the term for a trumpet player? Well, <laughs> um, I don't know. He's upstairs. Maybe I should ask him. <laughs> Tell me later. We'll we'll, we'll um, circle he's back. He's a trumpet. He's a professional trumpet player. He plays a horn. Um, I don't know. That's all right. I don't know, but he can. He's excited to play with you. I said, I said, Deeds told me to tell you he plays the blues, and he was like, I can play the blues. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm um, not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I don't gig like I used to, so I'm. I'm. I'm kind of rusty. So he's gonna have to. I honestly think that he would probably say the same thing, and that's. I don't believe either one of you. So fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so. Speaking of the boyfriend, I love how you call him the boyfriend. He's not, not allowed gonna, to have his name. He's not allowed to have his name. Yeah. No, I get it. He's get very, it. look, I mean, he's just that cool. He will remain nameless. Oh, <laughs> see, I was going the other direction. What you are you going to say? Wanna... Downplay, downplay, guys. What are you saying? <laughs> oh, no, just protecting the privacy of the ones that you love. Mm. You know, love. So, I mean, it gonna... hasn't. Look, we had asked him to be on the podcast once or twice, and, like, not yeah. all hope is lost. Um, but he's also a pretty private guy, you know? Like he, That's funny. But it's funny because he totally listens to our podcast, and just yeah. like um, just like Ryan, our first guest, he yeah. was like, um, you know, he recalls things, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, wait, what? Because <laughs> I have to remember, <laughs> like, what we said. He's like, you don't listen to yourself on your podcast, do you? No, like, we don't. I don't listen to ourselves. <laughs> it's funny because... First of all, like, I think it's a marker for ego, and my ego is not that big. And so I just don't listen to what we say. Yeah. And he's like, you really kind of need to. Like, you guys are kind of picking up speed. <laughs> you yeah. need to understand what you're putting out in the world. And I'm like, well, I figure it out as we go. Yeah. And I know at the time he's like, that's not how this goes. <laughs> so, um, look, I'm really thankful to be in this situation with you. I'm so excited that you asked me to be your co-host. I love podcasting. And, you know, I'm kind of coming around in the idea of like really looking at this and how I not just need to behave but like I maybe need to listen to myself a little bit I don't know oh I don't know, I don't know. I've, I've never enjoyed I, I've been a performer in various aspects for mm-hmm. many years yeah and I've, I've never for me the the best thing is when, when you're when you're putting on a show Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, like right now, you and I, we're recording, we're putting on a show. You yeah. just need to do the absolute best that you can do. 100%. Yep. And that that's it. I, I've never, there are people, really quick waffle. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I was in a band. We need a shirt that says really quick waffle. <laughs> <laughs> really quick. Yeah, I, I tried, well, I tried to do this is a waffle on top of the waffle. Thank this, you, Angela. You're welcome. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to get a waffle image made for us that we can sell merch with, but I, yep. I, I don't. I'm, no one's given us a waffle. Um, we need a good waffle. <laughs> I know. Um, so I was in a band with two fabulous players, and uh, one of them, Paul, he was the drummer. He was he was one of those guys who we used to play this venue that would record us. Mm-hmm. And they would give you, back in the day, they would give you a videotape. That's you awesome. Could, you could go home and watch. And so I we used to practice at his house. And I, I come in one day and he's watching our performance. And from like the previous week or something. Because that's, I mean, if you're that type of performer, awesome. Like mm-hmm. that's your thing. I, I hold nothing against you. I'm just not that type of dude. And so um, that was the day I learned. So I have, I'm sure the boyfriend will um, understand. I used to play a uh, Les Paul studio. Mm-hmm. Les Pauls are small bodied electric guitars. And I say small with an, an enthusiasm because I am not a small person. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching myself playing this guitar on this videotape, and the only thing I can think of, and now, you know, Paul is looking at this, he's listening to the music, what can we do better, blah, blah, blah. This is how not a kind of guy I am with that sort of aspect. I'm looking at myself, and I just go, is that what I look like playing a Les Paul? <laughs> I feel the same way about my voice. I hear it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, that's what you sound like. I'm do okay. Yeah. It took me, and that's the other aspect of all of this, you know, being a performer, having yourself recorded, it it took me a little while. I'm used to it now. But Mm -hmm. yeah, like if you're not used to hearing your voice, I edit all of this stuff. I listen, we record the episodes, and then I listen to the whole thing over again. And I'm thankful that at this point in my life, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what I sound like. You've made peace with it. Yeah. 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 So. I'm making peace with it. Yeah, you should. Because, yeah, that's what you sound like. Because that's it. I can't change it. Yep. Nope. Nope. That's I've I've known you for sixteen years now, and that's you've always sounded like that to me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so okay. uh, November, November, December, January, February. We have like three minutes. <laughs> sure, let's do it. Yeah, November. It was like I got this really great taste of the last week of September all the way through October into the first yeah. week of November, and then. The COVID cases, so we went from 1% in the state You were state of really good in Connecticut. So good, great. And then we went to almost 7% yeah. in one week. Boom. It went massive, yeah. And so I just remember the superintendent or the interim superintendent, she sent out this this um, email that said, I can't technically call it right now, but make your plans. Like, oh, gosh. Make your plans. I could see us going virtual by the end of the week. And she, yeah. you know what? We did. Um, and I thought, oh, that's it. That's the end of the school year. But that was not true. Like they put them in, um, they put them in just before, just, they put them in like halfway through December, just before, um, Christmas. Um, so we had like a month, five weeks off and I did not put my kids back in because I was going back to my sister's house and I didn't want to bring anything with us. So I wanted to be, you know, very careful, but they did a great transition to virtual and I, you know, had to balance work life. It was, it was harder. It was certainly harder. Um, and there was also some things. So also some things on the horizon, like I had started to become friends with people in my town and, um, there's this really local coffee shop, which I've spoken about before, Julie's cup of Joe. And it's just at the top of my road and I would go up there to take a walk. And that would be like my only big girl interaction. Um, all, all day and uh, so I'd go up there and say hello and you know I have to come back and get to my kids but you know it's like it's like a five minute walk up the road so I'd, I'd and I'd spend like five minutes there and five minutes back and um and I'd see them give a wave talk to them and then one day you know this lady says to me like do you want to be set up with someone and I was like thinking you know I had sort of been thinking about like what it would be like to um 
this is later in November, but um, like dates in COVID, you know, like right. what does that, what does that entail? Because you can't necessarily go out to dinner with someone. You certainly can't go out to dinner with someone and then kiss them. Um, you know, it, it, it's infinitely more complicated and logistical. And so I was like, you know, it's, I, I met my ex-husband on match.com and I was saying to my, my, my friend Brian, I was like, I don't want to do that again. I've already done that once and I'm not yeah. doing the online thing again. That's not what I want to do. And, and, um, he's like, but that's what everyone does now. I was like, but I, you, you can't, you can't be in a relationship, like a lifelong relationship twice. <laughs> with like, you know, I didn't want that to be my story. And, um, luckily my friend, Julie, who owns Julie Cup of Julie's Cup of Joe, she just randomly said to me one day, "Do you do you wanna do you wanna be matched with someone? I, I have an idea for you." And I was like, "Sure, that that sounds <laughs> that sounds good." And like it took a little while for it to come around, but eventually we did connect on the phone. And a few weeks after that, you know, we we decided to eventually meet. And I kept him. This was the the first week of December, but I kept him. Um, and he calls it the interrogation room, but it's my mud room. <laughs> and I kept the doors open, and it was frigid. And, like, it's funny because, like, we had taken a while to actually meet in person because you're just sort of, I guess, feeling it out. There were some other things going on. But um, he, I made him stay out in the cold, and I could see him through my mud room. And, like, I was probably, like, 8, 10 feet away, and we just had this chat. And um, that was as close as, as, as I was sort of initially going to let him, you know, be around. But by the end of the conversation, right. like three hours later, I was like, I need to hug this human. And I sort of broke my own protocol and I, I never cared. <laughs> um, I Maybe I would have cared if I had gotten sick, but I just so desperately had connected with this person in a way that like I couldn't have foreseen. And so thankful to have met him in the way that I did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was the beginning of a very beautiful relationship. So I didn't have, um, what is today still a very beautiful relationship months later. And, um, I didn't, you know, I love the way that our story began because we, we started to date in COVID <laughs> where, yeah. um, you know, we didn't have, um, you know, any kind of standard practice. Like he couldn't take me out to dinner. We couldn't ask me right. for a drink or for coffee. He did bring me coffee and sort of left it at the table and then backed away. <laughs> and then I went for the coffee and then backed away. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really, really funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was November. Um, talking on the phone and, you know, with someone that I was, you know, hopefully going to meet one day and um, going to get coffee is my only human interaction and um, continuing to keep my kids afloat with school. Yep. Homeschooling, man. That is for the fucking birds. <laughs> it's hard. It is very, very hard. And, you know, there's been people that have done it for a year as of this week and, um, my hat is off to every mother and father, every parent guardian that has loved their child enough to sit with them and to enjoy their happinesses when they have them and to explain hardships when they feel them and to keep going. It, it has been, it is complex. It is dynamic. There is not one purpose, but many, and I have never imagined managing a life in the way that I have and that I've seen other parents do. Um, I, it shows us how unfortunately capable we are. We should not have such a difficult life. Um, and I'm not saying that we aren't fortunate. It's just to, you know, to, our bodies and our minds are not meant to have such complexities. Um, and, you know, to watch our resilience and stress, um, and, and how we cope with it. Like I have friends that do the, just the funniest things to just get through it. Um, and the most normal things, you know, like we, we, I have a couple friends, we talk still every Friday just to get through it. Um, all the zooming, um, to make sure that like, we're still hanging in there. Like we did it together. We, we did it together. 
Um, that was the only way to find connection among our friends and our family to, to get through it because it is tough. The, the homeschool stuff is, is tough. And you know, and when I say homeschool stuff, it's not just homeschooling, right? Because most of the people that are homeschooling also have full-time jobs. Um, right. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. You had a son that got like, your son got like stuck on the top of the fridge. <laughs> Didn't he? He got stuck on the top of the fridge. Yeah, you, you That are... is a beautiful hysterical <laughs> video. I will uh I will I will put that up on our, our Instagram. I was actually gonna say, hey, let's end the episode on such a poetic moment. Mm. And then you talked about my kid getting stuck on a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> we can end it here, but it is hysterical, like you know, like the light at the end of the tunnel, like in all the intricacies of this, you have like the ins and outs of hardship yeah. and parents are crying at night. But these like there's these shining moments, of moments. children just getting stuck on fridges. You're like, you know what? I'm kicky what life did. <laughs> no matter no matter what diseases out there, your kids are going to do something stupid. And it's funny. so funny. And he's screaming at his sister like, if you don't help me. <laughs> That was the best part of it, that he gets stuck, and the first thing that Anna does, his older sister, is grab her camera and take a video. And it's just like, yep, that's 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 it. That's modern America, He's I guess. He's, like, trash-talking her. <laughs> <laughs> he's in, like, a point of desperation and need, and he's just going to give it to her. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. All and right. that's life in a nutshell, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh! All right, um, I didn't. We didn't. I don't think you expected this to be a, a three-parter. We haven't had a three-parter, but you know what? We're gonna do it. Wait, you want to do? So when you say that, you want to do like December, January, February, and March. Oh yeah, we're in that now. We're halfway yeah, through we're it. March. Holy moly! I know. I know. Can you believe we've been? Well, I was talking to my sister Wendy, and this sort of let's. We, this would be the feeder line. Um, I was talking to my sister Wendy, and she goes, "We've lost a year sitting on this couch. <laughs> lost, lost a year." <laughs> How many sisters do you have? I have so many sisters. I'm 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 the fourth out of five. Holy shit! I did not realize. I have three older half-sisters and one younger sister. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, we're all different religions. We're all very different people. But, yeah, um, yeah, we lost a year. I'm just sitting here on this couch. We lost a year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, we'll get to that point, I guess, you know, December, January, February, March, and um, part three. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. We will you. see you in part three. We will. <laughs>